The Philadelphia Eagles have won the NFC Championship by the final score, the Eagles 31, the 49ers 7. Attention, air traffic control. A flock of Eagles is heading to Arizona. <laughs> yeah, man. Mr. Reese, pack your bags. We're going to the Super Bowl. We are, and we cannot wait. Pack your bags. The Eagles are headed to Arizona. Welcome on in. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494 on a Monday night after the NFC Championship game. The Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, just like hearing Merrill say it again, it's real. The Eagles are headed to the Super Bowl. And, and there was no doubt during that Sunday afternoon, no doubt that the Eagles were the better team, and they just ran all over the 49ers on offense. They pushed them around on defense. That was as, I mean, really two weeks in a row, as easy of playoff victories to head to a Super Bowl as we will ever see. What an amazing day for the Eagles. And I don't want to take everyone's reaction tonight. 215-592-9494. How you're feeling. And and what I want to talk about to start the show, look, we have two weeks on this, and I, I can't wait. We'll get into everything from Andy Reid, which is just, I mean, it's it's almost as if it was scripted for WIP that Andy Reid gets to go up against the Eagles. Angelo's last couple weeks, Andy Reid against the Eagles. It is amazing, and it'll be a great Super Bowl matchup. But yesterday, I had so many favorite parts of watching that game as as you you could tell pretty early on, the game was the Eagles game. And once Brock Purdy got knocked out of that game, and once he was hurt, and we found out today a, a significant injury that's going to require surgery, once he was out, the game was virtually over. I mean, I, and I was watching at home with my, my kids and my son, who's eight, and, you know, kind of starting to understand the game a little bit. And we were watching, and then the Eagles, after they scored that first touchdown, you know, they didn't move the ball for a while. Then they had like 13 yards in the next three drives total. They, they didn't move the ball. And he was starting to get nervous because the Niners scored, the McCaffrey touchdown, and I'm like, I just keep watching the Eagles' defense against Josh Johnson. I'm like, if the Eagles get to 20 points, this game is over. There's no way the Niners are scoring unless the Eagles give the, literally give them the ball and say, here, just take it. Like, Just don't take safeties, which they almost did at one point. Don't throw interceptions. Like, Just don't give the ball to the Niners, and this thing is over. But you know what yesterday was as it, it kind of played itself out over the course of the afternoon? It was a coronation for a team that deserves one. This team was great. This is a not just a good team. This has been a great football team from the start of the season. And there was doubts about how good they could be, how great they could be, and they've answered the bell at every turn. I mean, they're 16-1 and with Jalen Hurts as their starting quarterback. They've just dominated two playoff games to a level where you almost never see it happen. And now they're headed to the Super Bowl as a favorite over the greatest quarterback of this generation and one of the great coaches ever. That should tell you all you need to know about how great this football team is. But I I had a couple moments yesterday where I just felt we're we're so perfect in terms of just encapsulating what this team was about. And I I had a lot. I started writing them down like as I was watching them. Like this is awesome. This is awesome. And I I saw this after the game, and and I, I couldn't believe the symmetry of the date. So. Nick Sirianni yesterday, I thought he coached a great game. Obviously, his team was ready. They played extremely well. They were the tougher team. They blocked extremely well. He had the better. He was the better coach on the field yesterday, and he had two great situational moments, to which his counterpart did not. So early in that game, he goes for the fourth and three, which led to the Devontae Smith catch, which actually wasn't a catch. But just think about that sequence there. Nick Sirianni was bold enough 
early in the game to go for a fourth and three in a spot where I wouldn't say it was a crazy fourth down, but, you know, that's the spot where maybe a defensive game, you anticipate a defensive game, maybe some coaches would either try to long field goal or they would have punted. Nick Sirianni did neither. Hertz throws the ball down the field after rolling left, and Devontae Smith makes an incredible attempt at a catch. And at first it looked like a catch, but just think about the coaching difference in that moment right there. Sirianni unfazed by the moment. Meanwhile, Kyle Shanahan, who might win coach of the year over Nick Sirianni, was complete. I mean, I thought that was of the coaching decisions yesterday. That was the most egregious, simple thing that a coach got wrong. When when Devontae Smith stood up and he is screaming at his teammates to get to the line, get to the line. It is the only tell you need. He's giving it away. He knows he didn't catch the football. And, and Shanahan's talking about, well, we didn't have a good angle. You don't need an angle, man. No, no one needs an angle or a replay. No wide receiver is going to get up and give away the fact that he didn't catch the football. They all lie. Like, if he, if he thought he caught it, he would have pretended he caught it. But he knew he didn't catch it, and he called us here to the line, and there is, you know, there's Sirianni, his player, his team, his aggression paying off, and the other coach not. And then, I mean, the next, I met later in the game, a little bit later, second quarter, Fourth and one from their own 34-yard line. I mean, you got to have some guts to go for fourth and one from your own 34 against the best defense or one of the best defense in the NFL, and they got it. And they kept moving the chains. And I thought it was just perfect symmetry. Let's go back in time here. Two years ago to the day that Nick Sirianni leads the Eagles to the Super Bowl, we got to hear this as he was introduced for the first time as Eagles head coach. Next thing that's very important to me is that we build a smart football team that we have a smart football team here. And I know we have the, the people in place to do that. The first part of that, the first part of being smart is knowing what to do. We're gonna, we're gonna, know, we're gonna have systems in place that are easier to learn, all right? Complicated to the defense or offense that they're going against or the special teams group they're going against, but easy for us to learn. Because when we can put that, because we, when we can learn our system and we can get good at our system, then our talent can take over. Less thinking equals talent take over. But we need to have systems in place, and we will have systems in place to do so. Let's not get this twisted. Every single one of us felt a bad feeling in our stomach listening to that first press conference. Not that we knew we'd be a bad coach or we knew we'd be a great one. But no one could have felt good about his ability to lead a room. And two years later, that guy talking about systems and whatever that was supposed to be, led the Eagles to the Super Bowl. As I started thinking about my favorite parts of yesterday, the symmetry for Nick Sirianni, how far he's come as Eagles coach, that was the first thing I thought of. The second one was Jalen Hurts, the most controversial draft pick in Eagles history. Tucker and I sat here the night he was drafted, and I'll never forget the reaction. I'll never forget Tucker's face. White is a ghost in there. Like, did the Eagles really just draft a quarterback in the second round? It's turned out to be the best draft pick in Eagles history. I believe that. But more than that, the controversy turned Jalen Hurts, who is not a controversial figure, I mean, he, he's, he's very likable, into a polarizing player in this fan base. From the day he was drafted, some people got it and understood it was a hedge, it was, it was a, uh, you know, a, a look to the future, it was a might, we might need this insurance policy. Most hated it. And yesterday, and I, I think over the course of this season, this fan base has almost fully come around on Jalen Hurts as the guy. But he needed a moment. And you know what his moment was yesterday? It had nothing to do with on the field. He didn't even play a great game against a great defense. He, was, he just kind of got through that game yesterday. And his legs and his ability to not make a mistake is why you know he was on the winning side. But how about this moment? 
you you won't confuse this for a Grammy Award winning moment. You know what it was? It was Jalen Hurts' true moment where he was accepted. And, and I, I thought yesterday he became the Eagles franchise truly when he sat there or stood there and he sang the fight song. My Eagles lie on the road to victory. Fly, Eagles fly. Go and touch down one, two, three. In a low, in a high. And watch those Eagles fly. Fly, Eagles fly. On the road to victory. You know when you sing with people like you you know you're comfortable with your family, like a happy birthday with your family. I mean, most people can't sing. We're all off key. We all, I mean, for the most part, maybe maybe once in a while you have someone in your family that actually has a good voice, but for the most part, we're all bad at it. And usually, you're not comfortable doing it unless you're with your family, unless you're with people you're comfortable with. That was the moment yesterday after an MVP caliber season, where it, it all it, that was it. Jalen Hurts became the face of the Eagles. Not to everyone else. That, that's been going on for a while. Everyone realized how good this guy is. But that was the moment after less than three years ago, the most controversial draft pick I have ever seen fully accepted, fully embraced. I love that moment yesterday. You know what else I love yesterday? Hassan Reddick being the best player on the field for the Eagles. You know why? Because he was the first domino to fall in the best offseason I've ever seen an executive have. You know, there's a lot of moments in Howie's offseason that made the Eagles as good as they are right now. Obviously, deciding to roll with Jalen Hurts to avoid Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson, that was critical. The, the signing of Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, the trade for Chauncey Gardner-Johnson late in the summer was critical. Signing of James Bradbury, trade for A.J. Brown. We can go through all of these. But the one, the first domino to fall was Hassan Reddick. And I remember the shows we did that day because it wasn't overwhelming excitement. It, it, like, there was n- no one thought that they would sign a guy that would have 19 and a half sacks in 19 games and would be the best player on the field as the Eagles went to the Super Bowl. He just wasn't thought of that way. He was thought of as a nice player, but I remember a lot of the conversation was, well, if he's so good, why has he been on three teams in three years? Why did the Cardinals keep him? Why did the Panthers keep him? And, and he's become one of the best free agent signings in Eagles history. I love that because it was the first domino to fall. You know what else I loved yesterday? My favorite, one of my favorite parts of the game yesterday was watching the 49ers meltdown because the Eagles broke their will yesterday. That In the fourth quarter, I mean, first of all, it was, fr- it was frustrating to watch Greenlaw punching at the ball and then when they shoved Jalen Hurts laid out of bounds. I mean, that's annoying. It's cheap shot stuff. Trent Williams is a loser. That guy's been a career loser. He remains a loser. He'll never be on a, tr- a championship team. He's a loser. But th- th- those moments yesterday, they broke them. Like, the Niners came in here. They hadn't lost the game since October. Anytime they faced adversity for the last three months, they, they figured it out. They won games on their third-string quarterback. Yesterday, the Eagles were so mentally strong and so much better on that field, they broke that team. They were, I mean, they were throwing cheap shots at the end of that game because they knew they were dead. That was incredible to watch. And the last thing that I loved, the 215-592-949 for my favorite moments from yesterday. Was Kenny Gainwell once again doing his thing? Because I, I feel like, and I think it was James Seltzer I saw through this out this morning. It's a great comparison. Kind of the, the Corey Clement of this year. In that it takes all 53 to win, in, in, win a championship. And were any of us talking about Kenny Gainwell when the playoffs began? Any of, no one was. I mean, his role this year was, 
Not as much as I thought it would be. It was once in a while they'd use him, but he really wasn't a big part of it. He didn't run that well. And in the postseason, he's been their leading rusher. The guy's been incredible. 215-592-9494. What was your favorite party yesterday as we watched the Eagles clinch the NFC Championship at home? I mean, the game itself obviously was a runaway. Once Purdy got hurt, I think we all knew it. The Eagles were going to the Super Bowl. They were the better team by a lot. They were the best team in the NFC this year. But yesterday just felt like three hours of a coronation for what they've built here. For Nick Sirianni becoming a coach that almost none of us thought he could be. For Jalen Hurts being fully accepted by this entire fan base and singing the fight song. Hassan Reddick, really the first part of the best offseason I've ever seen an executive have with Howie Roseman. The Eagles breaking the 49ers' will was just sweet to see. Like, that team has been in three conference title games the last four years. They're, they're supposed, they were supposed to be the experienced team there. And they felt like the punks who got beat up and didn't know what to do. They felt like the bully who got punched in the mouth and didn't know what to do. Cheap shots at the end. And I was just sitting there like, this is what you've been reduced to? Really? This is what the Niners have been reduced to? And then the Candy Gamewell show continues. It's, it's truly a team game. All 53 contributed yesterday and over the whole season to the Eagles going to the Super Bowl. 215-592-9494. It was a celebration yesterday. A true celebration like a financial field. What was your favorite part? Watching or if you're in the building, your favorite part of yesterday's game. I have so many. It, it started with just Sirianni. Two years to the day of that speech. All of a sudden now he's got the Eagles in the Super Bowl. In, I mean, just an incredible day for the Eagles franchise and an incredible day for this entire fan base. Tucker, who's your favorite party yesterday? There's so many to choose from. Obviously the game itself was over pretty early. Yeah, I mean, and it was ugly the way a, a public execution is ugly. They they took the 49ers, who I thought were, you know, well-deserving of being in that game, and mm-hmm. they made them quit. Kyle Shanahan turtled. That defense gave up. They imposed their will on both sides of the ball, and he mentioned the cheap shots they, they were doing at the end of the game. I mean, you think about it. They were the best run defense in the NFL. The Eagles ran for four touchdowns against them. They talked about how amazing their offensive line was with Trent Williams. They pressured uh, Josh Johnson on something like 70% of his dropbacks until he got hurt on that hit by Indomitian Sue. I mean, I woke up this morning and all the thoughts that, well, you know, the 49ers might have been a better team. According to what? It didn't matter who was playing quarterback. No. They had Joe Montana, Steve Young. You could have dug up Bart Starr and put him back there. It wouldn't have mattered. The Eagles came out and they won the way they've won all year, and that's by dominating both lines of scrimmage. Like, this is how they were built to win. They weren't built to win on the arm of Jalen Hurts or the legs of Miles Sanders or, or you know, the, the catching and, and running ability of, of guys like A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. They were built to win in the trenches. And yesterday, Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson, and on the other side, Brandon Graham and Hassan Reddick, imposed their will for three hours and made the 49ers quit. Yeah, they made them quit. And, and some of the, you know, I think the Eagles take it as a, a challenge when someone brings up how good a run defense is. I mean, that, that, that was the Niners thing, right? Like, you can't run the ball in the Niners. I remember last year against the Saints when they played them, can't run the ball in the Saints. And they, like, that, the, the Sanders touchdown, Kelsey and Dickerson drove Javon Kinlaw seven yards back. I mean, it looked like if you were, like, wrestling around with, with your, your kid or your nephew or whatever, and, and, you know, you let them push you across the room and they're having fun and they're laughing. Or you push them and everyone's having fun. And la- that was, they took a, one of the, a, a first round pick. Javon Kinlaw is a good player. And they drove him back seven yards into the end zone and Miles Sanders waltzed right in. 
They made them look like a team that didn't deserve to win. The Niners hadn't lost a football game in three months. And yesterday they, they got destroyed. 215-592-949. Let's go to the phone lines here. I'm excited to hear what everyone has to say because I have so many favorite moments from a, a game that we won't forget for a long time. Alex is up on WIP. Hey, Alex. Hey, Joe. Good evening. Good go evening, Bird. buddy. What's up, buddy? Hey, I just wanted to call in and share my favorite moment from the game. Um, been a season ticket holder. My my father, my grandfather has since they've been playing in Franklin Field. Awesome win yesterday. I'm lucky enough to have been to both playoff uh, divisionals, both conference championships. I will say one of the loudest times I can recall at the link. Um, after after we saw Purdy was not coming back out, they had that big sack on Johnson. Then you see the line break through again and come at him again on, on third down, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, the place exploded. Awesome. Statement win yesterday. Love to see it. Yeah, and it, you, Alex, it was rel- that pass rush yesterday was relentless. I mean, it's just every time. It didn't matter if it was Purdy or Josh. It didn't matter who the quarterback was. I mean, if, I think they could have had Purdy all game. They could have had Garoppolo healthy. I mean, it, it wouldn't have mattered. They, they were in the backfield every snap. Yeah, you know, a, a, a couple people said to me, oh, you know, it's the third-string quarterback. I was like, it doesn't matter. You see what that pass rush does to opposing teams. It's lethal. I mean, it's lethal. It took Purdy out. It took Johnson out. Um, that's, that's the reason they're going to the Super Bowl. I mean, part of it. Oh, it's I, it's a gigantic part of it. Alex, you're right, man. I appreciate your phone call, and that's awesome you got to be there for both of them. Yeah, I mean – Obviously, when Josh Johnson came in, the, the it became you could that, like there's a line, there's a, a, a kind of a standard of play in the NFL, and and they reached it and they kept it with Brock Purdy. Most teams don't have a standard of play with three quarterbacks. That's testament to the Niners. Once Purdy was unable to throw, the game was over. I mean, because Josh Johnson was not going to move the football in the Eagles, but that the pass rush, it, it's incredible how good it is. You know, there's good pass rush in the NFL, but they don't they don't get that much this has been a heater for I'm trying to remember when this like when did this start this pass rush heater they've been on December late November I mean they've been on it for a while now where it just feels like every game just pencil them in for five or six sacks or knocking a quarterback out it's it's this you know it wasn't like this all year it's been a good pass rush all year they obviously had the game in what week three against the commanders and Wentz where they had nine sacks but sometime around late November early December they just started getting after the quarterback at a level I've never seen before. I, I was not old enough in the mid and late 80s to watch the other teams that have you know ended up near the top of the all-time sack leaders, right? The 85 Bears. I think it was like an 87 Vikings team uh, I, with Chris Dolman on that team. I wasn't old enough to watch them. I've never seen a pass rush generate this many sacks for this many games in a row. It's It's ridiculous. I mean, how many they is have it? Multiple sacks in every game since October 30th. It's nuts. Even good pass rushers don't do that, right? You have a game where you get a lot of pressure, but you don't get the sacks. That happens a lot in the NFL. To c- continue to get home, and Hassan Reddick, I, I just, I-, I go back to this. How did the rest of the NFL not see what he could become and was becoming? I mean. Got Mr. Temple over here. How come you weren't saying last last uh, ten, last February to me and everybody else listening? They got to get this guy. I mean, I didn't think it was possible, and I, I think 
you know, shout out to the Arizona Cardinals, and he gets to go back to Arizona next week. It's pretty cool. Shout out to them for putting him at middle linebacker for three <laughs> years and declining his fifth-year option and completely tanking his value around the NFL. I mean, he signed a one-year, $9 million deal last year with the Carolina Panthers, put up double-digit sacks, and all he got was three years, $45 million. I think he's third in the NFL in sacks over the last two years behind Nick Bosa and Miles Garrett. I mean, that's the company he's keeping. If I remember correctly, two seasons ago, or three seasons ago, right? Like, not last year, the year before. Late in the year for the Cardinals, right before he left the Cardinals, he had like a five-sack game. He did. Out of nowhere. Chandler Jones got hurt, and that's what made them move him back to outside linebacker. And I think he had 10 sacks in the last, like, seven games of the year. It's almost like in in baseball when a pitcher has to change roles, like he's a reliever that has to start for a game or he's a starter. Let's put him in the bullpen. All of a sudden, it's like, wait a second. Is he throwing 101 and just struck six guys out in a row? Like, maybe we've got something here. But it took two years for anyone to realize this. His sack totals are silly. He had two and a half, then four, then one, and 12 and a half, 11, 16. And now he, I, I believe right now, you can call him. And I understand Bosa is a great player, though Bosa was very quiet yesterday. And we know Parsons is a great player, and Watt is a great player. There's a lot of great players. Chris Jones, Aaron Donald. But I think you could say right now, without sounding silly, Hassan Reddick is the best pass rusher in the NFL. 215-592-9494. That's how you hop in. We'll get to everyone. I want to hear everyone's reaction on this. What was your favorite part from yesterday? Your favorite moment of yesterday? So many. Sirianni, two years to the day of that disaster of a press conference, hoisting an NFC championship. Jalen Hurts having his moment with 70,000 people who all love him now. Hassan Reddick wrecking the game. He was the first piece of this offseason puzzle. Kenny Gainwell. Having another big day after kind of an afterthought. That shows you how the whole roster matters. And the 49ers mentally tapping out. They quit. They quit. The Eagles made them mentally tap out. 215-592-9494. We'll hop it. We'll come back. All your phone calls on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. The Eagles are NFC champions. Like just say it out loud to yourself. The Eagles are NFC champions. They're going to the Super Bowl. Uh, man, it, it's yesterday in a lot of ways was the cherry on top of a season. And, and, and like Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, so they got one more to go, so it's not over yet. And, and we'll have two weeks to get very excited um, for this game coming up in Glendale. But yesterday was a special day. I mean, it really it felt like a party. I was there doing the pre-pregame show with Glenn and you, Douglas, and there was a, there was a buzz in the parking lot. There was a buzz, you know, walking around the stadium around noon yesterday when I when I was done off the air. You know, it's it's weird. Sometimes the biggest moments you have there's a sense of calmness, and I I didn't sense at all there was nerves. I mean, Pete, like it felt like everyone knew they were going to win that football game, and they did, and they knocked Brock Purdy out, and they dominated two one five five nine two ninety four nine four. I have a lot of favorite moments. Sirianni, two years to the day, getting that moment to years day, of course, of that first introductory press conference. Hurts singing the fight song with 70,000. Hassan Reddick, the first domino to fall in the offseason, being the best player on the field for the Eagles yesterday. And, you know, just how they made the Niners quit. They made them quit yesterday. A team that is so experienced in so many big games, had won, hadn't lost since October, they broke their will. There were a couple plays where the Eagles just pushed their defensive lineman eight yards down the field. They broke their will. 215-592-9494. Jason is in Swedesburg. Jason's up on WIP. Hey, Jason. Hey, what's going on, Jeff? What's up, Jason? How you feeling? Uh, that was a great game to watch. I'm absolutely ecstatic about everything. 
I mean, it was, Jason, it was amazing because everything went to plan, and then they just kept piling it on. Like, just watching their defense just pile it on, and then especially in the second half when I think we all realized they couldn't throw the football, it was just like, it, 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 they just broke them. It was, uh, it was honest to God, one of the first times that I've really, like, seen an Eagles performance where I was like, oh, my God, this defensive line is just game. It's like, it's not even game. Like, I've seen game-changing defensive line games. That game was straight game-breaking. That was, like, my, I was watching it at my buddy's house, and his dad was like, this is like the body bag game. Like, this D-line is just absolutely a ferocious uh, force right now. And it was, like, one of my favorite parts is just, it was the juxtaposition from last year to this year. I watched the same with the same people last year, but my friend's dad is, was like infamous against Hurts, and me and him had a whole argument after the game about how what Hurts' future with the team was, and we both were arguing. And I was saying how I was like, and if he's not the quarterback, I won't be a fan. He was like, well, if he is the quarterback, I won't be a fan. You know, it got to that level, and to see his face and all of us celebrating for the past two weeks as Hurts led our team to. 38 31 point wins it was just there's something there's something else about seeing Hertz's leap and this whole team come together after what was last year and the difference to this year is it's it's night and day I can't even say night and day it's it's different planets it's Mars and Earth right now it, well, it is, and, and Jason, I mean, not, very few people believed it could happen this fast. I mean, that that's the most amazing part. Not, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised Jalen Hurts led the Eagles to the Super Bowl. I'm not surprised he became a star quarterback. But I, neither am I. I'm surprised, and I think everyone is, that it happened this fast. Like the transformation, he went from, you know, you know, maybe a year ago he was like the 20th best quarterback in the NFL to a top five guy, it, it, just like that. Yeah, and it was there was always. I see, I, and last year, you know, I really did feel like I saw those signs of this kid could be something or this man can be something. He's a grown man. Um, and just, you know, before I go, I will say my one of my other favorite moments, it was like I, I was laughing super hard, um, was during the fight when they panned to Jalen Hurts and he was looking like Batman with the cape. Oh, I know. That looked like a movie scene. He was like, he, yeah, he was like in the background. It was, it was really cool the way the camera was, Jason, on that. It looked, it was. that was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. Jason, I appreciate the phone call. That was a good shot by Fox. It did look like, yeah, you could say he was looking like Batman or whatever, like the cape was on. Uh, and he was watching. That that was a moment. I, there weren't many moments late in that game where I got like animated watching. But I, when the Niners started pulling that nonsense, the first thing I thought of because it got, I mean, it got really chippy there for a second. The first thing I, I was saying to my kids and my wife watching the game was like, the, the Eagles better just step away. Like it's not worth it. The Niners are de- they're dead right. Their season's over. If they get suspended or thrown out of the game, it doesn't matter for them. The Eagles got a Super Bowl to play in a couple weeks. Like don't get hurt, don't get suspended, none of that kind of stuff. Yeah, and, and the hurt stuff, I mean, how do you not feel good for that kid? I mean, his, his story, he was easy to root for for the minute the Eagles drafted him. And, I mean, he knew it. I mean, I don't know if he was listening to us that night, Tucker. I'm sure he wasn't when he got drafted. But he, he felt it, that he, that he wasn't wanted here. And he just put his head down and got better. Yeah, I thought about something last night watching the game and watching him on the stage. And I thought back to that night when he got drafted and we were on together. And I remember saying I wouldn't approve of the pick. I wouldn't give Howie Roseman a thumbs up until Jalen Hurts goes on the field and proves to us he was worthy of a second-round selection. Well, I was wrong because clearly that has happened, and yeah. what he's done in the last year ha- has been something that we've been you know, praying for as a fan base really since Donovan McNabb left. I mean, the Eagles for the first time in maybe 20 years have stability at the quarterback position, which is something 
I think we've been craving, even though we've had great quarterback seasons, Michael Vick in 2010, Nick Foles in 2013, Wentz in 2017, yep. and you can throw the last four games to 2019 if you're really that interested in doing that. I mean, Jalen Hurts is 24 years old. He's going to be here a long time, and I think for the first time, the Eagles have a true franchise quarterback they can rest their hopes on. Yeah, a lot of this, the way this quickly emerged as a, a contender, how good they are, how dominant they are on defense, this reminds me so much. Of the be- of Russell Wilson, again, the good young Russell Wilson and the Seahawks, 2013-2014. They went to back-to-back Super Bowls. They won one. And, re- and I remember thinking when they got to that Super Bowl in 2013, they could have an NFC dynasty. Now, they got to back-to-back Super Bowls, and that was that was it, right? They didn't, they didn't get to three or four or five, and I don't know. I mean, time will tell how the Eagles handle this and how they handle success this time. But they, ca- they have that potential. With this kid at quarterback and with the way this roster is built, they have that potential. Let's talk to Rich, who's up on WIP. Hey, Rich. Hey, Joe. How's it going, man? Rich, doing great, buddy. What's on your mind? Dude, I'll tell you what. I mean, that, that defense is remarkable. I mean, just just the way they – the pass rush and everything like that, I mean, it was phenomenal. I mean, it, they're not taking anything against our O-line, too. I mean, you had Lane Johnson going off, was probably the defensive player of the year holding his own, being injured, not being, was he, 75, 80% top? Yep. I mean, you know, he really handled it well. I mean, the whole the whole team did great. Um, and, you know, the flip side of the whole thing, I'm actually glad to see that we're going to play Kansas City instead of Cincinnati. God, was it. Oh, it's good, Rich. The, the the fact that they're going up against Andy Reid and 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 Mahomes, like it's going to be. This feels like a Super Bowl. Like sometimes there's those matchups. It's like, yeah, it's a Super Bowl, but it's a weird match. Like this feels like a Super Bowl. Oh, without a doubt. And you know what? Just like you said, I mean, Hurts is our quarterback. He's going to be here for a long time. If they just keep building around him, I mean, you know, who knows where we're going to go from here. Yeah, I mean, and it's never you never want to put the cart for the horse. Or Rich, I appreciate it. But they should be competing to be in that game yesterday a lot. I mean, that, that's, that's you know, they have the goal before the season of having the number one seed. The, the, the goal in my mind now moving forward is they, they should be competing for the NFC Championship for years to come. That should be the goal around here. By the way, speaking of the defense, this past defense, it, I think we will look back one day at the criticism within this season of Jonathan Gannon as one of the most ridiculous things that has ever happened in, in Philadelphia sports history. The Eagles yesterday, I understand they lost their quarterbacks. But again, another day where no one could throw the football in the Eagles. And I don't think Purdy was going to do it anyway. So here's a stat for you. Now, the Eagles are 16-3, and right? So let's just use that off a baseline. Typically, when you're winning, when you're ahead, what do teams do at the end of the game? Well, they got to throw to come back. You're ahead, they're behind, they have to throw. This season, the Eagles have allowed a quarterback to top 253 yards once. Once, on average, before yesterday, it was like 175 yards per game passing. The 49ers, who everyone said all year was the best defense in the NFL, they have allowed, they allowed that many passing yards in a game about half their games. I mean, this is a remarkable pass defense. It's, it's no, you, you can't block them, and, when, and they cover everybody. I mean, I, I can't wait for this matchup in the Super Bowl from the perspective of this is the greatest quarterback of, our, of this generation, Patrick Mahomes. Who, who no one can actually stop. I mean, only, the only time he's ever been stopped, I guess, was the Super Bowl a couple years ago against the Bucks. their pass rush, but he was also hurt with the turf toe, which might be similar to this with the ankle. But he just, he's the best quarterback of this generation. It's the greatest start to any career ever. I, I can't wait to see if the Eagles stop him. I mean, because they've stopped almost everyone from throwing the football, aside from 
a game or two. If I had to guess, Mahomes will, will make plays. They're not going to completely shut him down. But this pass defense is insane. No I one mean, throws the ball. I mean, they didn't force an incompletion on Brock Purdy yesterday. Well, he I was mean, perfect. You could say it that way. How about Brock Purdy coming back in? I, I saw people today criticize him before the news came out, um, obviously as a torn UCL, you know, that he was maybe he wasn't being tough enough his team needed him. He's a torn UC, UCL. Like, he came back in and he, what, he made one pass, I think, like for five yards? Uh, he threw a little screen to McCaffrey. Yeah. And he scampered forward for I a mean, yard or two. He literally couldn't throw the football. His elbow is gone. No, did you see his like warm up throws? I saw people complaining. Like, did you see him warming up? I mean, he could have been throwing it slower. It'd be like if you were having catch with like a, a four year old and you didn't want to, you know, throw it down their throat. So the the moment yesterday, I I thought the Fox cameras yesterday, it was really interesting. I mean, they they couldn't show us what happened. I guess with the uh, the wire, the, the the punt that hit the wire because they just couldn't pick up that. But for the most part, they hit some cool moments. And one of them yesterday was. They showed Purdy going up to Shanahan on the sideline, and just and you could see him mouthing, "I can't throw." Is there any worse feeling for a head coach than when your only chance to play the position says, "I can't throw"? No, and I just don't know why he didn't pivot from that. I, I know you just brought Purdy in, but I mean that's what you do when you're down twenty points in a game in week fourteen, and it doesn't matter, right? right. I mean, this is a win or go home situation, and instead of just going nuts, like put McCaffrey in there and see if you can spark something. I mean, you may lose by 30, but it lost by 30 anyway instead of just handing the ball off and pretty much they gave up. turtling for the last 20 minutes of the game. Yeah, they quit. I mean, the 49ers mentally and physically quit, and the Eagles made them quit. Robert is up on WIP. Hey, Robert. Hey, Joe. I just want to say, great show. I love your energy. Thank you, Robert. Well, it's, easy. it's easier to be energetic right now. The Eagles are going to the Super Bowl. Is this amazing or what? It's incredible. And, and yesterday, Robert, was, uh, was such, a, such an awesome day for the franchise. So listen, what I wanted to say first and foremost is I want to I send kudos out to Jeff Lurie, Howie Roseman, Nick Sirianni, and Jonathan Gannon. A lot of people gave Jonathan Gannon a bad rap, but I think they all did a fantastic job. And if you go into uh, stats or superstition or whatever you want to look at it as, in 2017... We played the Minnesota Vikings, and we killed them 38-7. to So, today, now we're, we're talking about San Fran and the Eagles, and 31-7, to both of, these ta- both of these teams, they parallel one another, the 2017 and the 22 team. They're yeah, both phenomenal teams. They do, and, and the best part is you think about those two title games you mentioned. The story coming in, I remember in 2017, Robert, was how great that Vikings defense was, and the story coming in this week was how great the Niners defense was, and then in both the games we're talking about, the Eagles defense was better than those other defenses. So the other thing I wanted to mention is that a friend of mine and I, we were talking about the game a couple days before it went off, and I was saying, you know, the San Francisco 49ers, is really the biggest team and the only team that I'm afraid of. And I've been an Eagles fan since 1978. I've been watching the games with my dad forever. I've been following them forever. And I said, you know, San Fran, if we're going to lose, it's going to be to San Fran because of their defense, their number one. Eagles are now, or now I believe the Eagles should be number one, right, considering that we won the game? Of course, yeah. Yeah. So my fear was that the San Fran defense was just going to rock our our world here. But we turned around and we really took advantage of uh, all our teammates and everybody did a fantastic job. Um, I just 
I just hope that we can do the same with Andy Reid's team. Uh, me too, Robert. And, and I think they're up for it. And, Robert, I appreciate the phone call. Yeah, I'm, I'm – look – are the Eagles a lock to beat the Chiefs, to beat Andy Reid and Patrick Holmes? They're not. I mean, let's, let's be real. They're playing the, the number one seed on the other side. A, a, another great team that's been there and won. This is no, by no, this is, it's different, right? It's different than playing the Giants, Daniel Jones, different than playing the Niners or Brock Purdy or Josh Johnson. It's going to be different. But the Eagles are the best team in the NFL. They've been that all year. When Jalen Hurts starts, the Eagles are 16-1. and one. I said this this morning, I, I was doing a radio interview in Chicago, and they asked me about, you know, how great is this Eagles team? And I said, you know, when Jalen Hurts plays, if it wasn't for a fluky four-turnover game against Washington that Monday night, and where that game when it was weird, I mean, weird turnovers, the ball bounced out of A.J. Brown's hands. Uh, at the end, they threw it away on the special teams play. That The Quez Watkins fumble where he caught the big pass, and he kind of rolled over and got up and got stripped. If it wasn't for a weird, fluky game against Washington, this team is literally undefeated in 17 games with Jalen Hurts as a starter. I mean, like, can they beat the Chiefs? Well, I, I don't know if they will, but yeah, they, they, they're the favorites, as I think they should be the favorites. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think you look at what they do in the trenches and you look at their offensive line and defensive line, and if Landon Dickerson's healthy, which that's something I think we should be discussing a little bit more as the week goes along, I just don't see how the Chiefs get to Jalen Hurts. And on the flip side, I don't see how they can protect Patrick Mahomes, especially if he's still hobbled by that high ankle sprain. Yeah, I, I, you know, and what he pulled off yesterday was amazing. I mean, that's that's an all-time performance by Mahomes with the high ankle and uh, just a, a crazy ability to, to play and play at a high level like that. He's an alien. I mean, he's a great player. I, I'm actually... I'm up... For, I want to see the challenge. Like, I think this is cool that we get... we, we Now we, we know... With conviction, this is an all-time Eagles pass rush. I mean, this isn't just, oh, they're good. They played some. No, this is a great Eagles pass rush, and I can't wait to watch them against the best quarterback of this generation. Let's go to Will in New Jersey. What's up, Will? How you doing, guys? I just want to say uh, congratulations to our great Eagles, man. And um, I want to say I was one of the ones that criticized John Gannon in the beginning of the year. I. I, he was driving me nuts with the way he was running that defense and not taking advantage of our talent. However, you were mentioning about October, and that's about the time he changed. Because what he started doing was run, he started a five-man rush yep. on a regular basis. And yesterday, oh, my God, it seemed like every time there was five men rushing. Well, you know, well, you know what that that is created when when they do the five man rush. I mean, they can't double anybody, right? Every every block. No, that's is, right. And and they and he has so many good rushers, especially Reddick. Like if you try to single team Reddick, he wins. I mean, I, I don't know if there's any tackle in the league right now. I guess the only guys maybe Lane Johnson is the only one that could block him, but he's on his own team, so that doesn't matter. I mean, I don't think there's any tackle out there that could block him right now. Yeah, and it's allowing our talent to show. I mean, he's making it easy for our, these six super talented uh, linemen to do their job now. And that's why you got not just Reddick, but the entire team going bananas. And, and John Gannon deserves that credit. He yeah. deserves that credit. Yeah, he does. He made, the, he made the change. And you know what? In the beginning of this game, what scared me about the 49ers was they, have, they had one of the number one rushing defenses. And I said, you know what's going to scare me? is that Nick is going to stop her in the football because he thinks, well, number one rush defense, we'll pass the ball. And you know what? Give credit to Nick. He ran the ball 44 times, just like he did against the Giants, and he blew these teams out. And you know something? 
If we keep to do that, we're giving our offensive line the chance to be the heroes they are and our defensive line, thanks to John Gannon and Nick Sirianni. Yeah, you know, Will, you're um, right, man. And, and they were dominant. And Will, appreciate the focal. You know what I think Sirianni's really good at? He, he has really good situational understanding of, of the moment and the game and, and what it's going to take to win that game. I, I, think, I think a lot of coaches lack it. I mean, I go to Brandon Staley. I, I don't think he's a dumb guy, but I think he lacks situational awareness within the game. Like in that game when they blew it to Jacksonville and he's throwing the ball up four scores in the third quarter. Like, Brandon, run the clock. The clock is your friend. The Eagles, I never seem to feel that way with Sirianni. Like yesterday... Do I think they went into the game thinking they had to throw the ball to, to beat the Niners? I think they did. And they threw it down the field. I remember the first drive they were throwing it. Hurts threw it on the fourth of three to Devontae Smith. They threw the ball down the field to A.J. Brown. Hurts missed him. Up the sideline. Obviously, yesterday wasn't Hurts' best day throwing the ball. Who knows how much the shoulder is kind of affecting his throws, too. So, I think they came out thinking they had to throw to beat the Niners. But once they realized how dominant their defense was, and once Purdy got hurt, Tucker, I think Sirianni realized, like, we don't need – there's no reason to throw th- – have a couple interceptions and get keep them in the game. Like, we can run to win this game. He, he's he's pretty smart at realizing what each game takes to win. Yeah, and kind of just felt like once they got up 21-7 to at the end of the first half, that was it. They knew they weren't able to get back. And I, I think really their whole goal in the second half was how much time can we, you know, drip off with each possession, make sure we get – two or three first downs, make sure we can burn four minutes o'clock before they come back and, and try to drive down the field again, which they're unable to. I mean, think back to the first quarter, first quarter and a half, when the 49ers were still in the game, it was because the Eagles were losing the field position battle pretty yep. terribly. And I think at one point, like through their first five or six third downs, they were one for five, and their average yards to go on third down was over 10. It was like 11 and a half because they weren't moving the ball and because they were throwing so many incomplete passes on early downs. I think their ability to stay ahead of the chains later on in the game and make those third third downs a little bit easier to attain is what kind of flipped everything. Yeah, they and it is uh, what I'm about to say right now is a very big comparison, but they 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 remind me at times of the way the Patriots used to play early in Tom Brady's career. I mean, you go back and look at some of those games. Look at the box scores. If if the game expressed itself where they needed to run it 45 times, they ran it 45 times. And if the game expressed itself where they had to throw a lot, they threw a lot. Like, And it didn't matter. There was no ego. There was no, well, this is the way we got to play. No, you played the way the game expresses itself, and what's the best way to win? So do I think they planned to throw yesterday because the Niners have a good run defense? Yeah. But once they realized their defense was in such an advantageous position, they made the pivot and said, we're not going to throw it. Well, why are we going to give them a chance to have sacks and interceptions and whatever? Let's just pound them. Let's just pound them and break their will and run the clock and, and win and win the NFC Championship that way. 215-592-9494. That's how you hop in. What was your favorite moment from yesterday? One of the great days in Eagles history, a beatdown of the San Francisco 49ers setting up a Super Bowl against Andy Reid. We'll come back, your phone calls, and we'll hear from Jeff Lurie talking about Jalen Hurts and the player they have here at the quarterback position. 215-592-9494, your favorite moment from the NFC Championship game. We'll discuss on Sports Radio 94 WIP.